Flourishing Education, the podcast where I share the powerful, imperfectly perfect conversations with disruptors of the education system in the UK and beyond. I would really like to encourage you to take a listen and see what's possible as I ask the question, how can we change the way we educate and parent our children and young people so that they can truly become flourishing, curious, lifelong learners and young adults. I hope you enjoy these episodes as much as I've enjoyed recording them and creating them. Please do not hesitate to connect with me on LinkedIn, Fabian Vales, and or, and or on Twitter at FlourishingHG. And please let me know what's your favourite episode or favourite part of the podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and in the meantime I truly hope you are thriving and flourishing. Wishing you a fabulous day wherever you are in the world. Hello, welcome to another Imperfectly Perfect Conversations for the Flourishing Education podcast. Today, this is a conversation for series two, which is dedicated to our young people. Um, but interestingly, we have two guests, and you'll see in a minute what I mean by that. So today, I'm very, very uh, delighted to welcome Amarins and Inga Rosendahl. So very warm welcome to the podcast, to you both. Hi. Wonderful. So shall we start with both of you introducing yourselves? Um, so our guests get to know who you are so you know who are you where you know what do you like in life and where are you based right now that would be amazing hi my name is Amarins I am 13 years old and I really like archaeology and animals and like anything to do with them and I'm also really interested in how religion works my name is Inga so I'm Amarins's mom um, I work in higher education I'm mostly interested in assessment and didactics, also in search for, well, like you, Fabian, a more purposeful, more purpose-driven education, educational system. And uh, we're currently based in India. Um, we're Dutch. So we lived in the Netherlands for the first eight years of Amarinsa's life. Then we took a gap year to travel the world and to explore other opportunities to learn. And that actually led to us moving to Thailand, where we lived for three years. And this year we moved to India. Amazing. So a bit of a nomadic life then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, and experiencing different cultures, I guess. So have you enjoyed um, experiencing other cultures than, than the, the Dutch culture? Yeah, sorry, I was muted for a second. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's nice because the Dutch culture is kind of different and then it's really cool to see different things and people are really nice. Wonderful. So have you, have, do you have a preference so far? Do you, did you enjoy Thailand? Is India I really different? enjoyed Thailand. Yeah, the Thai okay. culture is very, very nice. Okay. What did you enjoy about the Thai culture? Well, the people are just very, very kind overall. Like, you meet them and they're very nice to you. And even though a lot of them don't speak English, they really do still try to communicate. For example, me and my friends, we used to go out and then these random children would just come in and it would be really fun because 
they didn't speak English and we didn't speak Thai, but then we still played football and it was, they were really nice people. Oh, amazing. So what about life in, in the Netherlands? Was that very different from being in Thailand and India? Um, I do not remember most of my time there. Like I remember key moments, but I do not remember most of the culture there. Yeah, I don't know much of it. Okay, okay. So, do you want to share your experience? What has it been like for you to move to Thailand, to India? For me, um, well, I, yeah, I love it. I love traveling. I love getting to know these cultures. India, Thailand was great. I, I think I love India even more because it's so different from the Dutch culture and also so different from the Thai culture. And I know I, I love that sense of wonder every day when something happens and you have to look for an interpretation to make sense of it. And it makes you reflect a lot on who you are, where you come from and your own culture. So that's really what I love about this, this lifestyle that we have. And also for the kids, you know, that they learn to be critical thinkers from early age on. Yeah, because it's obviously, it means that you are, I, 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 that's why I love traveling because I think it's such a, sometimes it's such a, almost like a no salt on your senses, right? Because it's so different. And I, I, I remember seeing on LinkedIn before we then talk about like education per se, uh, where you were saying that you'd gone back to, to the Netherlands and you experience a little bit of culture shock almost from being in you know the difference be between thailand and and india so yeah. would you would you share a little bit about that like that that because very often we talk about in terms of culture we talk about um culture shock but we don't often talk about the the counter culture shock that we experience when we re-enter our culture of of origin um yeah so they're both share <laughs> yeah well for me it was complete culture shock <laughs> like it was right in front of the holidays like right before it where everyone's just shopping 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 for all the the the, the holidays and everyone's just with all these bags but still complaining a lot about everything and they have everything you know it's one of the richest most privileged countries in the world and people are so dissatisfied with such stupid things I sometimes feel uh, where well now we live in India I think we're the richest people on uh, in this place where uh, that we call home uh, but still like we're very happy if there's uninterrupted power supply when we actually have the Wi-Fi working. Uh, there's not a continuous, uh, everlasting source of hot water. Um, we don't need a lot of stuff. You know, we brought a few suitcases with us, suitcases with us, and that was it. So for me, and we're the most, we're the happiest people on the planet. I feel. Uh, and then you go back where all these people have everything and people are just so dissatisfied and so disconnected from, I don't know, like just being. Everyone is on the go in the red race to get more, more, more. And they don't see what they have anymore. So I was struggling with, with that quite a bit. I don't know, how was that for you, uh, Amarins? It was very weird seeing all the ads everywhere. So, um, 
you go out and you see like seven stores with a bunch of stuff in like the glass stuff at the front. And then um, we watch TV at our grandparents. And then between shows, there's like 20 different ads of like washing machines. There's this food. There's a new sale going on. It's very strange seeing it everywhere. It's here we don't understand anything. <laughs> yeah, so you don't yeah. get exposed to it. I mean, th does that mean that there is less of that? Like, for example, in India and in Thailand? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot less. Okay. Well, in Thailand, we also kind of lived further away from the big city. So that might have also been it. But here, there's also just nothing. Um, mm. there's, there's no, yeah. There's not a lot of really no, big the shops. The markets there. have food, huh? The markets yeah, the markets, food. there's food. And then they'll sell... Yeah, and then the, there's, like, some shops which sell, like, Danish Display, who sell, um, like, figurines and stuff. But there isn't that much of those really big luxuries that are just thrown around everywhere in the Netherlands here. It's a lot small scale. Mm. And so I assume you enjoy that a lot more. Yeah, definitely. Mm, wonderful. So shall we now have like a little chat about your journey into education would that be okay so would you would you share your experience of the of of the education system and like learning and 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 you know your thoughts on that uh okay i'll do my best mom please interrupt if i say something wrong um so i from what I, I don't remember much from the Netherlands, but from what my parents have told me, I was not very happy there, like, at all. Like, I got mad very easily all the time. And then we traveled, and I was doing great all of a sudden, which was strange to them. And they were like, okay, maybe school system's not good for her. So from what I do still remember is when we went to Thailand, and most of my school stuff is from what I remember there. And that is I don't do well with the amount of control that's exerted by the teachers and the system. So I don't do well when they tell me exactly what to do. And I get my brain over wires really quickly when there's too much happening at once. And when I do online schooling, I get to choose my own pace. So I get to go like, I'll only do two subjects at once. And then when I finish this subject, I can start another one instead of doing a lot of them in one day. And, um, if something gets too overwhelming, I could just like pull back from it, which you don't have that option in normal school. And it's really nice for me to have that option in the schooling I'm doing right now, because I don't do well with a lot of people around. Um, the noise just kind of gets to me. And with online schooling, I have more an option to work in quietness. Mm, amazing. That's that. And so are you what? Would you share how your day is going in terms of, because you sort of talked about online. So yeah. are, are you learning online solely or do you actually attend or go go somewhere? Uh, so that's kind of like a mixed answer I'm going to give because I'm doing online right now, but I'm also doing normal schooling at the same time in the sense that in my normal school, I'm doing subjects like PE, design, art, and drama right now. Yeah, that. And um, online, I'm doing more of the core subjects like mathematics and science and English. 
So currently I'm working on two AP exams, AP English Language Composition and Biology, and I'm also doing physics. So whenever I have a free time at school, which is a lot of them, I have the most free times out of everyone. <laughs> I just work on my online school, which is honestly very nice as I have just my spot in the library now. Mm, amazing. And, and can I ask you, because a lot of adults think that, um, because my eldest, I don't know if I've talked, if your mom has said, but my, my eldest is 16 and he's, he's like you, he's obviously learning from home or, you know, home educated, as we call it in England. And a lot of people, the first question they ask me is about socializing. So there seems to be this real worry that, um, you know, school is about socializing and about, you know, making friends. Um and for 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 our our eldest school wasn't really great for his socializing he was really struggling a little bit like you i think he was finding it hard to be in a space where there's a lot of people and a lot of noise etc so if people are listening to this conversation and they're thinking well i wonder how amarance is sort of um socializing and making sure that she's she's making friends as a teenager what would you say to that um, it's definitely really important for me to have friends and it's going okay now because I have a really nice group of friends right now, which is really good because in Thailand I also had that. Like, I find it really important for myself to have friends and I do it relatively easy. Like, I make friends very easy almost. Problem is I don't make deep friends a lot, but now I'm very lucky to have some of them. Um, but I definitely have struggled with that before. For example, in Thailand... Um, I left school for a while to do my online time, to do online school full time, but then I actually came back for a little bit because I was missing people that much. Um, afterwards, I did leave again because the school is just not good for me, but I'm, I'm doing better now with friends, which I'm very happy about because it was very hard at the start, but now it's so good. And it sounds to yeah, me... If, if can I add to that? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course, of <laughs> course. I think that's the biggest struggle that we've had in, in our all educational journey to kind of try to find that balance so where she can actually be in a school environment and meet friends and meet people while um, studying in a way that fits her. And in Thailand, the biggest issue was that that wasn't an option. So she had to choose either to do the online school or to be in the offline school. And there, the social life after the school stopped. So all the interactions were at school. After that, it stopped. So then, you know, you're sitting at home. She was basically sitting at home just with me. Uh, and at some point, we found some other um, homeschooled kids in the neighborhood um, that she was able to interact with. But I think that's the biggest hurdle indeed to find that balance. And we're super lucky with this school here that obviously flexibility of her just being on campus for the full day, but studying in a library uh, on our AP courses, plus the four subjects with his, with her classmates and have the lunches and the social time in between. And what I'm, what I'm hearing from you both is this idea that actually, 
you know, that that we have a system, right? Like in the UK, I'll talk about the UK and, you know, partly France, because those are the ones that I know the best. Um, but it feels to me like we've created this one size fits all, right? So you're either here, like in school and you follow the, the system or you're online. Um, and there isn't an either, it's an either or, it's not an and both. And it seems to me like you found a way of making it an and both. Um, and in a way that actually fits in with who you are as a as a unique uh you know being, Amarinth. Would you would you would you say that's right? That it just sort of feels like you found something that works for you as a as an individual? Yeah, definitely. Like it's very nice having the two coexist with each other because I don't have to choose now, which I did have to do before. So I can I can have friends but still do my own thing and that's that's very nice. And I wonder whether, you know, you, you you alluded to that a little bit earlier on when you were saying, like, the demands of the school or people asking you to do things specifically, um, and now you can choose. Um, what are your thoughts on, on how the system works in terms of the demands that we we adults, teachers and, and schools, um, make on our young people that is a very hard question <laughs> um so i definitely do think that the school system is good for some people like for some people it's good they need that structure but for others like me it's it's not in the slightest which i think there should be more choice given to the students and what's best for them because it might be good for some, but it's not good for others. Some might be doing A and others might be doing B. And it's wrong that the system automatically says, well, you're this, so you're doing that. And you get no choice or saying in that. You just have to do it, which I think is very wrong as it's also it pushes you into a corner in a way that you're not doing as good as you're able to. For example, in Thailand, to join the school back, I had to take a test, like show which grade I was supposed to be in and what level. And I scored extremely high in um, English, the highest out of everyone. But at the end of the year, I failed English. And I also failed math. And now I'm doing APs, which I think it's wrong that the system immediately puts you into a position and doesn't let you out of it. Wow, I'm I'm really sorry about about that. Like that, you entered with a with, with a, a test result that was so good, and then in the end, you like the system. To me, I'm hearing the system failed you. It's not you who failed the exam. Um, it might have been a little bit to do with the class itself, because I did not have the best relationship with the teacher there. Mm. But yeah, also system. Yeah. Oh wow. What are your thoughts? You know, in terms of the of the whole experience, would you would you also share what that's been like for you as as a as a mum? Because I know that like for us as a as as parents, it's also a journey, right? <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, and I come from a from a family with only people in education, so I like you. I really believed in the system. 
And um, yeah, that, Amarin's made us reflect on that as well. My husband is in education as well. He's a secondary uh, school history teacher. But I think from when she was four years old, it was clear that she didn't fit in the system. Um, and we dragged it out until she was seven. And at that point, we're like, yeah, no, <laughs> this is not working. Especially me, like I just had this gut feeling like this is not how it's supposed to be. And then we took the gap year. We took a sabbatical to travel. Um, whereas Amarin said she's easily, she can easily be overwhelmed, overstimulated by everything going on. Um, so it was a bit of a risk to travel for a full year uh, in terms of all new impressions that you get. And there we had this girl who learned more than ever and was really flourishing. Like she was so happy and we saw this completely different child. And that's when we were looking at each other like, yeah, like we're not going to have anyone take that away from us. Um, and in the Netherlands, it's a bit tricky. Homeschooling is not allowed. Well, it's allowed, but like you have to go through several hoops and uh, it's a whole process. Um, uh, especially if you're already in the system, you really can't leave or you have to go through all these interventions and by then we have highly traumatized kids. So that was also, well, that weighed in quite a bit to, to leave the Netherlands. Uh, so we also, apart from all that legislation, and we can basically do whatever we want. Um, so that was a big part of the journey, uh, but especially that seeing, you know, how she changed um, made a big impact. Yeah, then in Thailand, yeah, we saw, especially with this teacher, like the, the system and the people believing in this system can really take so much power away from your kid. Like they just feel like they don't belong, that they can't perform and they feel stupid. Where, you know, if you come in with the highest score, please keep in mind you come in with the highest score and don't stick to the leaving with the lower score part because that part is just not representative for who you are and that yeah that's super painful and i think we're still uh, we're still recovering from that huh like the maybe in, in your own abilities <laughs> but that is that is a hard part that if you're constantly being told uh, within the system that that you underperform uh, you don't get to be who you are and i see that in this school as well like there's so much performance pressure in kids and i think i contributed to that as so well. much there's a lot yeah but i do think you also feel that maybe but that is a that is a tough one like we're formed by our culture and this is such a big chunk of our culture and to depart from that um yeah it's difficult it's a challenge and that performance is such, I mean, you've, you, you've both alluded to it, but to me, it's the, so there's two things I'm hearing. There's the performance and there's also something that's really close to my heart, which is, you know, I believe we are having to pathologize or to give labels to our children so they can fit in the system um, in a way that actually Okay, and you know, the labels sometimes are useful, or you know, like understanding what's going on is useful. But to me, what really 
sort of pains me and and I find sort of quite upsetting at times is that you know if we if we acted a bit more like mother earth and we were a bit more like well allow these young people to be their unique sort of ecosystems and being curious and going oh what's your fragrance and what's your essence and how do I the the the, the adult look after you right as the team of gardeners then I think with that you you we would allow our young people to truly be themselves and and therefore you know if the teacher had had really welcome Amarin's as who she she is then you know she would have been able to flourish in that classroom and to really thrive and and I think then the the, the grades follow that's my take on it um I mean I don't know I would love your thoughts on that both of you in terms of uh that need to both you know like do you see or do you feel that you're being allowed to be yourself in the system or has being sort of able to to you know almost like move away from the system helped you in the process of you know be discovering who you are i guess oh wow yeah that that's okay that's cool do you do you what do you think do you think you're being helped to discover who you are uh, i guess yeah now i am yeah the system right now is really helping me in in what way is it helping you i have my own time now so i can choose more things i can choose like what subject to do and then when and I think it's like small choices like that that just really help me. It's like know that I that you're your own person and you're not just an ant in a school or something. And so, do you feel like that the word I would use as a, as an academic is something called agency? So, like this feeling that you can you can choose, that you can decide what you do. Is that you know? Is that what you feel you have, like a bit more freedom or a bit more? I'm sorry, please. I'm sorry, please repeat. I didn't understand that. No, no worries. Um, I'm I'm using big words, and you know, adults are, are really good at using big words when really I should, I, you know, perhaps I should just explain it more plainly. So what I was thinking is, you were talking about being able to choose. So is that ability to choose making the, a big difference this ability this freedom this sense of freedom yeah and also yeah that i'm not really sure how to describe it so mom if you'd like to butt in here yeah that'd be great well amadeus <laughs> has always been super autonomous like that that is her number one thing like, if you talk about letting go, I think we start to let Amarins go when she was, like, two. Like, she knows what she wants, and it's it's not, it's almost not an option to do it differently. Like, it com it's completely reflects how she feels. Like, she has an inner compass, and she has to follow it. Uh, so she can have options, but she knows what's right. Um, and that is something that's very difficult for teachers. Uh, e even in the whole construction that we have now, 
like it's it's a compromise but now i'm mean, getting older it gets a little bit easier to compromise on these things yeah i think it would be wonderful if kids like her could could be fed from a yeah from a place of purpose huh? where they really um follow their own learning but also being in education myself i do see there's many many challenges in that as well if you work with a larger variety of kids as well mm. yeah and i guess it's the i mean so first of all i think what phenomenal that you like from from two she sort of she's got that inner compass and she knows who she is yeah. well done you know and and i'm sure you will i don't need to tell you but like really that is just phenomenal and it just it really makes me you know it warms my heart because i think like once you know who you are then it's so much easier to then like be in the world um I think what I'm hearing is tensions around, which is something I'm exploring with my my research and my PhD, is the tension between the individuals or the individual needs and then the, the group and the community, particularly when in schools, like for us in the UK, a state school would have like 30 young, young people in a classroom. And so... There's a part of me also, because I've been in the classroom, who I, I know it's much harder if you've got 30 young people to truly allow them to be themselves. Um, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, uh, both of you, in terms of do you feel that maybe having smaller classrooms would help? Uh, Mom, you could go first. Um, yeah, that would definitely help. But I must say, Amarint was in very small classrooms in Thailand. I think they only had 12 or 14 kids in the class as well. And then oh, they yeah, didn't do that anything of that. Um, I think that would definitely help. I also think that right now we kind of put the curriculum on kids. Like we decide what, what the basic skills need to be for kids to I don't know yet yeah, to be educated where it would be super nice to change that that uh approach more from an inside out like hey, who are you how do you want to show up what do you want to learn and let's move into that direction and even you can do that from a very young age you know make it very tiny have kids working groups uh, and within those groups I think uh, putting a lot more emphasis on the social emotional growth as well you know how do you how do you feel what energy do you bring in um how do you work together how does this person make you feel how do you think that person i think it kind of starts with that making sure that kids know better how they feel what they bring who they are and if you feed on that i think it becomes easier to even put them in groups or something and have them work on, on small projects. Like your son, he works for the School of he, he did some schooling at the School of Humanity, right? I love how they kind of switched it up as well, where it's more about uh, what, what speaks to you and follow that. And if you teach that to kids from an early age on, uh, yeah, preferably in small groups, but yeah, that's always the challenge money-wise. What do you think, Amarint? Um, 
I don't really think it has that much of a difference. Like, I do think that, like, 30 or 40 people in one class is definitely too much. But I like the classes in Thailand when they were nice. That was really nice. Because overall, there's just, like, there's less interruptions. The teacher can just teach without there being a lot of interruptions. Because that I have in my class right now, in my school, is that I'm looking into the class and I'm hearing the stories and I'm seeing it happen in my homeroom. And there's so many interruptions because um, I don't even know why, but the students just keep on interrupting the teacher every opportunity, um, thinking that it'll be fine. And I really like that in Thailand, but that might have also just been the culture there. Um, but I like it when there's lots of people in the class. Mm. And I'm hearing, because you mentioned the, the not, not having the best relationship with your teacher. So... I wonder what your thoughts are around relationship with adults, right? In terms oh, of really important. the teacher and the and the parents. Do you think they're important, those? Yeah. Like if the two student has like a bad vibe with the teacher, they're just automatically gonna do worse in the class. At least that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm feeling. Like if you like a teacher, then you're gonna try hard because you wanna be able to do good on their class. But if you have a really crappy teacher who just doesn't do anything, it just says terrible stuff, then, like, you, you don't have any motivation to do anything in your class. And you probably have even more motivation to not do anything just despite that teacher. Yes. And what about your parents? How, how important have your parents been in terms of the support, etc.? I'm not really sure how to answer that. They were, they're nice. They're good. They support. Yeah. So do you think, because often we talk about teachers having, being a, a big impact in the life of young people. But I think that it's also like, it's a team, right? Teamwork. And so I think. Oh, definitely. Like if you have a good teacher, but bad parents, it's still bad. If you have bad parents and a bad teacher, that's also bad. So yeah. Do you feel it's important that the adults speak to each other? To support? Yeah, like if they communicate with each other to like know what's best for the child. Because like the parents might know about the child and they think like this um, thing of education would be good for the kid. And then the teacher's like, no, I've only seen them this much, but I'm going to say no to that. Or if a teacher knows stuff about student goes like, I think this is better. And then it's um, parents are like, no, it'd be good if they communicate with each other. Like, this is what's good. This is what's not. Otherwise, yeah, the suit just goes bad education. Amazing. So I'm going to give you a magic one, Amaris, and you can change anything you want. You make a brand new education system. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? Like, what would you change? What would you keep? Um. Ah, that's hard. Um, <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Like, I find it very hard for me to criticize on the actual school system because I do not know how to actually make it a lot better. Because, yeah, it's not doing great right now at all, but it's still education and that's important for people. And I'm not sure how I can make it better.
because I, I just I don't know enough about it. Mm. Would you, would you say that it has to be from what you've said? Would it have to be individualized? It's about what knowing the individual and then providing the yeah. support. I think in a type of way, definitely, like a student needs to be felt to be seen in a class. Amazing. What about you? Yeah. What do you, what do you think? If I gave you a magic wand, what would you do? Yeah. What would you change? <laughs> I would take the whole grading system out. I would stop grading kids. And I would make a more emergent. Yeah following their interests and their passions because I feel that 90% is focused on fixing what's wrong. Like, so if you're not good in math, you get extra math. Like, no, where's the talent? Feed the talent and give them a sense of belonging. Also in, in teamwork, in classes, you know, it's, I think the ultimate, the ultimate goal would be if you're working with a class towards a shared goal where everyone takes a stake uh, that suits their strengths and then building up to something bigger you know where the individual isn't that important anymore it's about the collective goal and to see you know together we can actually do something that's worthwhile also miss that there's a relation with the outside world uh, we do everything siloed uh, in classes where even kids from a very early age on can have impact in the world around them meaningful impact of a on society, humanities, nature, anything. And if we can feed them to experience that, I think that would that would be my magic wand for sure. Amazing. So is there a question I haven't asked you that you wish I'd asked you? <laughs> not really, I'm not sure. No? Is there anything you haven't shared with me that you would like to share? Not that I know of, Mom. What do I want to share? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not you. I don't know. <laughs> it's good. I mean, I've really enjoyed hearing your story, and I'm really grateful that you came to talk to me. Um, and I hope that's been that that's been you know good for you as well. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, good. What about you? you know, is, is there anything that you wish that I haven't asked or anything else you'd like to share, like on your journey? Well, I think what I'm most proud of is that Amarins has always been super clear to us as well on what she needs. Uh, and sometimes that can be hard to hear. When sometimes she didn't really say so, but we could sense that stuff was off. And I think it's important for other parents and educators maybe also to hear, huh? like, just listen, listen with an open heart to see what they need and then just try to facilitate. Uh, because I still see so many parents trying to push their kids to, to persevere, huh? to build resilience. But if school is making kids unhappy, it's not building resilience is giving them complexes and uh, and it's also an opportunity you know to show your kid that you believe in them and, and follow their path even though it's scary like in our household and i think maybe that that's especially the dutch system that's 
I think the weirdest thing about our family, school is optional. Like if you don't want to go to school, you want to drop out, you know, we'll find another pathway. I don't believe you need the formal schooling to become something in life. I don't, even though I work at a university, I don't think you need to go to university if that's not the right fit. Um, and by making it optional, we constantly have meaningful in, uh, conversations about what what's the purpose, what am I doing this for, how it will help me, what do I like, what, I, what do I dislike, in order to push the critical thinking on schooling as well, and to make that conscious choice by the kids to, to actually do it, rather than tell them, just go. Uh, because that, that, well, for us, that would have been disastrous. <laughs> Totally. Yes. It's like, a, and I love the, you know, welcoming all sort of, you know, with an open heart. I think that's such a beautiful image and, you know, allowing our, our children to be themselves, you know, not choosing, not deciding who they are, but just truly. And it sounds to me like from you sharing your story, you've just done just that, you know, um, and it's, it's such a beautiful story. So I'm really grateful for, to both of you for coming to share today um as we wrap up i wonder whether there's one thing uh you'd like to leave us with or you are going to take away from this conversation um i wonder whether there's anything you want to to share find motivation if you don't have it's not going to go good <laughs> Wonderful. I love that. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe as a follow-up then, yeah, follow the motivation of your kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I yeah, I just want to also take this opportunity. Amarins, I'm super proud of you and your journey. And uh, it's a it's a search. But uh you've got it. Thank you. You've got it. I, I love that. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to, to end this conversation. So thank you both. Lovely to meet you. And um, Amarin's like, thank you so much for coming to talk to me. Um, it was fun. I got time off of school. But it was also fun talking. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I hope this is the start of, of many conversations. So thank you both. Um, I really enjoyed meeting you. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. You can also reach me via Twitter at FlourishingHE on LinkedIn, or you can join our private Facebook group, Flourishing Education. All the links are easily available on anchor.fm. Thank you so much, and I hope you are flourishing. Bye for now.